Hey, man, I appreciate everybody for listening to the podcast. I just wanted y'all to know that I'm also on Patreon. Uh, for those of you that don't know what Patreon, Patreon is basically a site where you can donate to content creators. And my page, I think, for my Saturday podcast only costs like $5. Y'all be giving these girls on fans only like $25, $50, $100. You know, donate to a positive cause. Not saying fans only ain't positive, you know, because you got to get your rocks off. <laughs> but nah, man, head to Patreon and, you know, donate to my $5, you know, $5 Patreon. And this Saturday, I'm going to come with another dope episode, Dating 103. The title is going to be called She's too young for you dog <laughs> trust me you ain't gonna want to miss it man submachine 16s point the beam at your vote eight give you bait you bite copy and clones you ain't can't win drip a pen find your own your shit was hype my shit ignite mics i'm in my zone now yeah 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 i'm in my zone now i struggle dope in every quote of my songs now this my throne nigga watch i roam round i never been a hoe Try me, we gon' hold the trial. trial boy. Take that shit to trial, yeah, yeah. Take that shit to trial, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Stumping through this bitch, feel like I'm Mr. Biggs. Uh, motherfuck your favorite rapper, he can't fuck with him. Woo! <laughs> Man, that song was zoned by him, dog. I felt like it was only right to play this song because the brother that's on my podcast today, I actually met at Hen's video shoot for this song right here. So, you know, it only sounded right, man. But today, I got a brother by the name of Carl. He owns a clothing line called Declare. Actually, some very dope clothing. So make sure y'all go ahead and check out his clothes. You know, shoot him some feedback, order it. He said he wants to take orders directly from Instagram. You know, let him know. And on his podcast, we talked about a lot of topics. You know, we kind of range from talking about his clothing to talking about his relationship with his wife and relationships he had, you know, with women before that. And, you know, just a wide range of stuff, man. His career history. Man, y'all are here, though, man. Let me stop talking and get into the episode. So, <laughs> like, I ain't gonna lie, my homeboy posted this goofy ass picture of him in the gym with uh in his drawers. Yo, you seen that? <laughs> so, like I say, man, when I when I start when I start checking somebody out, I try to do as much research as I can. So, like I told you, man, I don't watch like twelve of your shows. So, yeah. what's your man? What's his name? Is Damo. Man, Damo. Damo's a star, and I've never seen this nigga. Like they, y'all, y'all everybody <laughs> say like, that, bro. I've never seen this nigga. It's like he's a myth, but real. Yeah. But, um, so I'm scrolling through your IG, looking at everything and whatnot. So <laughs> I see this cat, and he like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I start off at like 170 something, like <laughs> 150, 150 something, yeah, 170 something now in his drawers. Like you know what I'm saying? Like get to work. I'm like. This gotta be Damo. This gotta be. <laughs> yeah, you heard me talk about, about him yeah, on the show. This gotta yeah. be. <laughs> so. Bruh, so this is how I do the show. Like, Damo, my dog. I met Damo, I wanna say 2000 and 2005. And this is a funny story. First time I met Damo, I actually knew his, uh, his cousins. His cousins stayed out here. He's from Hinesville. His uncle moved him out here on some Fresh Prince of Bel Air type shit. Okay. So, uh, his first day of school, Damo had on a khaki dicky suit, the Black Forces, and you know the memes online about the Black Forces, the Patrick Beverly's. Take somebody. Yeah, he had that, and he had the gum wrapper in his mouth, acting like it was a real grill. First day of school, he. First day of school, straight hood nigga. 
We went to Greenbrier, <laughs> which is a predominantly white school. 2,000 students, predominantly white. So, you know, everybody dressed pretty preppy there. Right. I mean, I didn't. But <laughs> a lot of these niggas did, though. And they know exactly who they are. So this was like a Wednesday. I kid you not, come Friday, my nigga Damo had a whole polo outfit on with some Sperry's. So my man went from... Straight Super hood, hood, nigga. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to Carlton in two wow. days, bro. Wow. So I, that's what I knew he was a character. After hearing the stories, man, I can believe it. I can believe it. I ain't gonna lie. Y'all slick got me wanting to meet him. It, it sound like... Oh, he funny, bro. Man, it sound like some jackass shit. To be honest with you. Like, he just do some wild stuff. You know he what do, I'm dog. He do, he do a lot of shit I can't talk about on, <laughs> on air. But like the, the shit, Miami joint? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the picture, but hold on. First off, Damo, this whole podcasting thing, I got a lot of homeboys and I'm like, you know, I'm going to kind of like bring people into my life through this microphone type thing and through the camera because I shoot vlogs and stuff too. I haven't shot one in a minute, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, Damo, this is the funny thing about that picture. Damo moved to quote unquote Miami because he don't stay in Miami. That's another funny thing about the picture. Because <laughs> he was just on some bullshit. So he decided to go out there because his dad stay out there. He actually yeah. stay in like this little town that's like 45 minutes from Miami. And, um, you know, he bored his hell out there. He don't know nobody. So he's been going to the gym every day. Uh, he did gain some weight. You know, he looked all right. But the funny thing about the picture is. Why would you go to the gym? <laughs> Take a picture in your drawers. Talk no. about y'all get in the gym. Yo, who took the picture? All right, that's the funny part. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that because I was going to skip over that. So he's lying, talking about some. What he said? He said he said something about uh, his homeboy that was with him at the gym took the picture. But a couple days before that, he called me and was like, yeah, I got I got this guy I be working out with at the gym. He real feminine. I know he gay. I be asking him all the time, like, hey, bro, is you gay? And I was like, Damo, tell me, did Buddy take the picture or not? He like, no, nah, my other homeboy took the picture. I said, Damo, I know you lying. He took the picture. Yeah, I think he took the picture. <laughs> so, Damn. like, now let's picture this. Damo is in his locker room with nothing but spanks on with bananas all over him. <laughs> and then it's a gay guy an undercover gay guy snapping the picture then he oiled up <laughs> what is shit man Tomo, you a wild boy man bro he's wild dog he does wild stuff all the time like since he been in Miami I think I did a whole podcast about Damo look you need friends like that though I do bro it's interesting the podcast I did about him was called um, Dating 102 yeah, it was dating one or two. Damo called me. He had just moved out there, and he was like, he met this 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 bad Hispanic girl, and he was like, uh, he went on a date with her, right. and she basically asked him like, you know, what's your goals in life or whatever? What's your five year plans? And he told her straight up like, look, baby, I ain't talking about shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm just about to you know get drunk. I'm just about to get drunk, sell these cars, you know. I'm just about to enjoy my life. So. That's not even the funny part. The bill comes, and he was like, uh, yeah, we separate. And she was like, what? You invited me on a date, and we going Dutch? That boy, hell, boy. And he was like, I don't know what the fuck Dutch is, but we paying for ourselves. That boy, hell. That boy, hell. <laughs> he crazy, bro. Hey. He's crazy, dog. They let dog. him do it. They let him do it. 
Bro, he called me all the time with stories, and I use them shits for my podcast all the time. Sometimes I get them in trouble, though. <laughs> yeah, I seen it. That's that's when I was checking out the one about, uh, I think when y'all was talking about Miami or something like that. And you saying, you know, he got a little bit of trouble or whatever. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know. He got in trouble with that one, the uh, dating one-on-one one. I mean, 102. <laughs> yeah, dog. That was a character, though, bro. He'll bounce back. I'll run into him one day. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that more ever coming back, bro. Yeah, he, he one of them type people. Like he moved somewhere, bro. He was in college for like seven or eight years. <laughs> I told you, bro. He's one of them type people, dog. But um, it's funny before. You know what's crazy though? I moved away from here, you know. I left here before I left Atlanta. Alabama, every time I came back, mm-hmm. every single time, and it, it's just me. I came back. I, you know, I at the time I don't know if it was friends or or what, man. But you know, what I'm saying I got homesick. I would come back. No more than a year, year and a half, I'd come back. And uh, my last stint after coming back, I came back to Augusta from Atlanta in '03, right after the um, All Star game. Man. Stayed out here for maybe another six or seven months. And then I left uh, with a homeboy of mine and moved up to um, Greensboro, North Carolina, man. And never came back. Other than, you know, the five years that I've been here now in this in this uh, program or whatnot. But I'm about done with it. So I'll still be out here, but not like I've been. You know what I mean? So, what made yeah. you move away from the city, though? Man. Been in trouble. Been in trouble. And that wouldn't, that's not me. That's not my demeanor. Like, nobody ever tell you, like, you know, uh, Carl was some cat out here, you know, stalling some bull crap. But uh, just trying to help somebody. They know who they are. Trying to help somebody um, in a little situation. And uh, I just, I did some stuff I wasn't too happy about. And I felt like um, I could have gotten missing had they found me. So, you know. Uh, my homeboy had been asking me for like four months, like, man, come up here. He was running um a finish line up in Greensboro. But I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Ant. Mm. Ant, um, no, I'm not familiar. Uh, um, I know you just seen Drumline, Nick Cannon Drumline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the school they based Drumline on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I actually went to a graduation out there. I don't yeah, know why. So I'm tripping. It's a it's a big heavy uh college town, especially black college. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, man. Uh, he had been asking me for like four months, <clears throat> so I got into that little trouble. And I was like, "Yo, um, so you still, you know, like, and come out there, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you got no problem." He's like, "Yeah." Psh. I packed all my shit up in the little bubble caprice and got the hell on. <laughs> Never came back. Never came back. So, but yeah, Augusta, man. Shout out to honestly Libra. Yeah. Um, when Libra I first cool. came back, man, Libra, good people. Um. When I first came back, and I was trying to figure out uh, what people, what entities I needed to get around to introduce what I'm doing or what I could do to the city or whatnot, I was led to Libra, um, and this is where she had Fresco going or whatnot. So, <clears throat> um, Libra, just hearing her talk about the city, her love and her passion for it, honestly, um, made me sit back and, and like, like, damn. How you from a spot that you just, you know, I ain't gonna say throw away, but you don't, you don't never 
talk about or really, you know, put up like that. You know what I mean? So she gave me a um here from here her talk just gave me a a, a heightened sense of, you know, you need to whatever you do, you need to let it be known where you're from. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Don't don't discredit it or whatnot. Don't hide from it. Like embrace that shit. If you don't like what's going on out here, what's been happening or whatnot, shit, do something about it and change it. You know what I mean? So, uh, I feel like, you know, despite all the, the, the plans and dreams that I had for the brand since I just came back out here, that definitely grew uh, to be like number one, number two on the list. You know what I'm saying? Like, let it be known that I'm from here. Um, you know, and, and great people and great things, a lot of talent come from here. So, you know, any chance I get, you know, even though this is the first podcast, so any chance I get, whether it be designing something or, you know, speaking with someone, definitely let them know, you know, where I'm from and, you know, what's going on. So, Isn't it uh crazy how many people in the city of Augusta don't have no pride for the city, but you have people like, you just spoke about Libra and then Maine, they're originally from New York, right. but they do so much for the city, right. and people that's from here don't want to do anything for it. I think it's a... Um, a closed mind mentality. I could be wrong, <clears throat> but I say from my perspective, <clears throat> before I really got out of here as an adult, mm-hmm. um, just like anybody else, you you forced to only see your environment, your four walls, and this is all you know. This is all you see, and you know whatever you are used to or accustomed to, you tend to not have an appreciation for it. Um, plus. You know, you hear more about a New York or Atlanta or Charlotte or whatever the case may be. You rarely hear anything about Augusta unless it was the Masters. Shout out to me for the more than the Masters, you know what I mean? But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's my dog. Yeah, he, he did that with that title on it. But um, I don't know. It, it took me to get away to move to... um. So my wife is actually from New York. So we go out there at least two, three times a year out there in Brooklyn. So... Um, it was crazy. I used to get out there and all her uncles and cousins would be like, "We country, we country, or whatnot." But they actually love it. Yeah. So, um, you get out there and, and you know, hearing all the stories, being from here, I'm thinking I'm gonna be out there and I'm gonna just be like, city, <laughs> city. Don't get me wrong. This is Some, a big rich s- town, somewhat, man. Look. <laughs> <laughs> it's big. I don't know about rich and all that. Like, yeah, the buildings that I'm looking at, like downtown Augusta. You know, that I'm thinking like businesses and shit. Like that's the hood. And I was like. I got hoods that look like apartments. Like, that's crazy. Well, not like apartments, but like tall ass buildings. Like, yeah. like the Lamar building or something. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, man. I don't know. I'm old, so I done lost track. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now, man. Uh, like I say, once I got up there, and they were talking about you know, um, New York and you know how they the best and. You know, they can survive anything. They can do this, then the third. Like, they just make it seem like they're, like I say, on top of everything, better than everybody. And it kind of honestly made me feel like shit being from Augusta. So, um. They do have that arrogance and man, that cockiness. It's, it's very arrogant and cocky. But, you know, once I, once I came back out here, when I had time to sit by myself and just think, which I do a lot, um, I thought about how I grew up, which was. Cause even out here, coming from Augusta, you get picked on, you know, depending on where you grow at, grow up at. So, like I say, the latter part of my life, I grew up in Hepzibah, mm-hmm. and um, like I ain't talking about like Sand Ridge, Tobacco Road, Hepzibah. I'm talking about like near Blythe, 
Oh like, yeah, deep in like, like my neighbor, like I stay here, my neighbor down there. <laughs> yeah, so like, in the country, like dirt roads, like farm shit, all that, all yeah. that. I, matter of fact, I remember my first day, first day of um, I think it was middle school, like seven or eighth grade. Um, <laughs> funny story, man. Uh, first day of school, me and my aunt, my aunt was like three, four years older than me. Don't ask no questions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I already know what time it is. I know how I go down to families. But um, man, I'm getting on the um bus with my aunt, and at the time, um, it wasn't number red clay out there. Mm-hmm. So you know, since I got my little, I never forget these joints. I've been looking for them called a Nike Icarus. I had them joints on. It was white and black. So I took some little plastic bags. Even back then, you know, what I'm saying wrap my shits up, get on the bus or whatnot. So we getting ready, you know, what I'm saying to head down the road. The lady then, you know, shut the door and everything. My granddad. Man, this motherfucker used to, uh, rest in peace, pops. But he used to get off work early in the morning before we go uh, to school. And he had this bright orange Dodge truck and a big ass thermos. And he'd be standing in the yard in his drawers, drinking, getting lit. You know what I'm saying? Every morning, like, it, you know. But didn't nobody say nothing like that. You know, that was granddaddy. Yeah. But anyway, this first day, man, we ain't get. 30 seconds down the road, man. Lady done stopped the bus. <clears throat> and I just hear this yelling. Look, man, my granddad on the bus in his drawers. True story, man. On my grandma, on my kids, man. He said, get y'all ass off the bus and go put my hogs back in the pen. I'm like, what? <laughs> man. And I be, goddamn, bro, we had to get off the bus first day of school, go put them hogs back in that goddamn pen. The first day of school, you were fresh as hell, too. Fresh. Fresh shoes was fucked up and everything. I threw them away. Told my mom somebody stole them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I remember that shit like yesterday. Didn't even get to go to school the first day. I like, mom, I, I want to go back. I gotta go back to Meadowbrook. Let me go to Morgan Road, some shit like that. Like <laughs> she wouldn't have it. She wouldn't have it. But um, you know, I got off subject. Like I said, I'm long no, no, you good. Shit, you but, good. Um, Thinking about everything they were saying from New York about, you know, the concrete jungle, how they can survive anything. When I really sat back and thought about it, like, growing up in the country, that shit was hard. Like, yeah. no bullshit. Like, we really live, lived off the land. And, like, like I say, <laughs> feeding them fucking hogs, going to catch chickens and, you know what I'm saying, plucking them motherfuckers and shelling peas on Saturday morning. One no cartoon watching and shit like that. Uh, one no going to no neighbor house and stuff like that. You were working. Man, for real. For real, uh, the the grocery store, like we went to the grocery store like once or twice, you know what I'm saying? Out the month, you wouldn't, you know, live off the land. Like I said, I really sat and thought about that thing. When you're from New York, everything kind of handed to you. Yeah, you walk out the door, it's this, that, and the third right there. You know what I'm saying? I I, I understand the hustle and bustle of a lot of people, a lot of scams, a lot of bullshit going on, but you can't live off the land. Like you you. You know what I'm saying? That ain't in you. Not trying to be funny, but it's a different hustle. And I feel like it's easy to take somebody from the country and move them to the city and they adapt quicker than it is to take somebody from the city and move them to the country and they adapt. That's just me. I agree. I mean? So, Because like, if you take somebody from New York down here, it's going to be too slow for them. And you see, they go crazy all the time. Us, we just have to get adjusted. We're not used to uh, riding a train. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. But it's easy to adjust to that. One thing I will say that I feel like New York has is that it's, you know, the people are resilient. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, like, 
when I was looking at my grandfolks or <clears throat> my grandparents or older people now, it seems like in their fifties or sixties here. So the so the whole slow thing, my my take on that is that <clears throat> Augusta people, people from down south rather, not just Augusta. We um we uh we tend to go with the flow. Like everybody kind of smooth, laid back, you know what I mean? When we talking it's it's like a it's like a cool laid back rhythm. How we move, how we working it, and nobody's ever in a, a Southern rush, slam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just real cool and laid back. And mm-hmm. it took me a minute to understand, you know, what they meant by slow. It wasn't that you get shit later than them or nothing like that. It's, you know what I'm saying? We just move with a real cool pace. Relaxed and cool. Now, with that, going with the flow mentality, also, we tend to like, I don't know, like I, I look at the older people here on how we move and it's just like we allow ourselves to die, if you get what I'm saying, or, or like just... With all, you know what I'm saying, just whatever, you know what I'm saying. No hustle, no, no nothing about yourself. Um, New York order people, for instance, like my wife. My wife's grandmother is 80 years old. This lady still works at Walmart. Gets up, drives, go wherever, do whatever. She'll drive from. She stays in a place called Thomasville, North Carolina. We stay in Charlotte, which is like an hour, hour 15 minutes away. She get up and drive, come see the grandkids at any time or whatnot. My grandfolks or older people I know from here, they ain't moving like that. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's just because they, you know, up upstate, they they constantly moving and doing things because they have to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, down here, like I say, you get to kind of lay back and take it easy. So I feel like I got the best of both worlds um, and definitely being introduced to that side of, of life uh, kind of put me in this seat now with entrepreneurship. Um, because you can't be lazy or mundane, you know what I'm saying, about trying to start a business or do anything. You got to have some hustle about yourself. You know what I mean? you Self-sufficient. Yeah, all the time. In, in, and in, you in, definitely get that from growing up in the country. Yeah. That. In a sense of urgency, bro. I, especially, like, I think I think this generation has, definitely has a lack of urgency. Oh, yeah. Especially, like... <laughs> It's funny, I'm about to record about this this weekend. Like, whenever I sit down and think about my friends and compare them to, like, women I know, mm-hmm. I'm like, probably, like, 85% of my homeboys is trash. <laughs> Damn. For real. <laughs> and, like, 75% of women that I know that, you know, I know personally got their shit together. And it's like, what's going on? Yeah. And it's like, winning. what's going on? And, like, it goes back to what you said. Like, okay, my mom is from the country. She's from Louisiana. From a, a little town called Celine outside of Jonesboro. And, um, you know, I've been there a couple of times. I stayed there when I was younger. And, like, it's exactly what you say. Like, you know, you working. <laughs> you working all the time to survive. And I feel like that's what a lot of people's problem is. Like, a lot of people have, quote, unquote, mental health issues or, you know, they got all this shit going on that they need help with. And it's basically because... They just ain't got shit to do. <laughs> like, you think about it. The average person wakes up every day and just gets on their phone and scrolls through and just starts laughing and shit, like, off shit on their phone. When you live in the country, you wake up every day and, you know. You don't eat. Yeah. You don't work. You, you got to go hunt a, a yeah. fucking um, hunt a squirrel, you know, do shit to eat. <laughs> right. And that's how that shit was. Get your ass up, go pick some peas and 
you know, go pick up some pecans or something like this shit funny. I like I can laugh about it now. I hate yeah. it then, like, but Oh, trust me. I wouldn't I wouldn't I trade it for the world now, man. But you know, I But you I say like that's where you got sides. your um entrepreneur uh spirit from though, right? From from my wife and the whole New York seeing the whole New York movement side of things, even North Carolina, um, I never would have fathomed like I could have had a clothing brand. Yeah. Or be doing, you know, a, a clothing store or anything like that. Um my wife was uh, last year in college, got pregnant, and um, she was going to uh, Central out there in Durham, and I was standing in Greensboro, like I said, and uh, she got pregnant, and at the time, she was working at fucking Circuit City. Yeah. So, um, I knew she was super smart, I think I, I was, uh, at the time, I was working at Foot Locker. I left finish line, I was working at Foot Locker, the manager over there. So, um... When I really, really, really started paying attention to her, because I was really just messing around with, you know what I'm saying, just women, and um, I started paying attention to her, I started seeing how smart she was, you know what I'm saying, how she really had her shit together, like you say, women nowadays do. Mm-hmm. But she was uh, uh, always top of her class and stuff like that, actually graduated summa cum laude. But before, before she graduated, like I said, she was pregnant, you know what I'm saying, I told her, I said, well, before you had a baby, you come back to Greensboro, move in with me, and I take care of everything, you know what I'm saying, as far as bills. I really ain't know what the fuck I was talking about in a sense. Like, I didn't know what a full-on relationship was going to really mean, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm learning as I go, but she come, she come, you know what I'm saying, to Greensboro, and um, after like two or three months, she was like, uh, I'm going to open up a mental health agency. And I was like, how you going to do that? Like, where you going to, you know what I'm saying? She got pissed. What you bit? What you mad for? Like you know what I'm saying? You ain't you ain't asked me how could you help me? You asked me how you gonna do it or whatnot. I was like, well, but from my perspective, I had never seen anybody do anything like that. You know what I mean? So I didn't, you know. But um, I watched this woman from that time that she said that to me to six months later open up her own mental health agency and like really start doing good. So after I saw that, you know what I'm saying? I was you know. You gotta be careful sometimes when you're dating somebody, man or woman. Um, you know, I ain't saying I'm dating a damn man, but what I'm saying is No, 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 I got you. Right. Men are women point um, of view. <laughs> when when one party is super successful or whatnot, nine times out of ten you'll find yourself trying to not necessarily compete, but you're trying to catch up. Oh you're okay. trying to trying to balance I got things you. out. You don't wanna be looked at as the the lower half or whatnot. And I found myself in that situation. I was like, I just can't up to this motherfucker like smart as shit like she making her own money she ain't even working for them I'm like what the hell so I tried to make myself feel better by saying you know what I'm saying you don't pay no bills in the crib you know what I mean I, I pay everything you know you take your money to save it but deep down like you hurt <laughs> you know <laughs> I gotta get it together but so bro um, before that situation did you yeah. ever see yourself well I'm just assuming here did you ever see yourself being with somebody that made more money than you hell no I never I never thought I was gonna get married. I honestly didn't. I right, man, look, new talk face, about that a little bit. Man, new face, new state. I'm busting everything down. <laughs> what? So what was the switch where you was like, you know what? I need to go ahead and um. Honestly, it was a dare. It was a dare. No, like, man, I promise God, like <laughs> she know what to we get talk- married. No, not to get married, but like you said, what what hit that switch and made me, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, do that. So. I kind of had a reputation of, of uh, 
Oh, this pretty nigga that came from Georgia. <laughs> yeah. He getting all, you know, excuse me, ladies. He getting all the bitches and whatnot. So I was like, man, I understand what it is. New face, new state. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking advantage. Let's get it. Yeah. So um, plus I was working at Foot Locker. This 0405. It, it was unbelievable what chicks was doing for a free pair of Air Force One. I was just about to say, wasn't that the Air Force what? One? Era? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What? Some whites? Some low top whites or some mids? Oh, what? Yeah, and your mom and your auntie and everybody else. Hey, look, you had a mean ass discount. Man, look, look, <laughs> I, can, look I can do some things in Foot Locker. Foot Locker's temp finish line, did it all, ran through it all. Yeah. But um, what happened, man? So my homeboys was telling me like, Ashley, they introduced me to my wife like four or five times, and I was like, nah, I'm cool. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? She would bring her little brother around, my brother in law now. He was like a little, Qua might have been two. They would bring him into my store or whatnot. And my homeboy and my wife now would, you know, they would always be talking. I'd be playing with her little brother. You know what I mean? I'm like, nah, he ain't interested in her. She cool, but nah. You know what I'm saying? We ain't feeling each other like that. Um, But one day my homeboy, uh, his sister graduated. And he was graduating at the high school. And I saw her at the high school. And I was like, yo, get up. You know what I'm saying? Hello, what's up? And he's like, nah, nah, you can't get her. She she got a dude. She faithful. She ain't on that. I'm like, man, I ain't trying to hear none of that shit. Tell her what's up. You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, took a little minute. You know what I'm saying? Her homegirl told her. And we linked up and um, just started kicking it. And um, I was just doing it, to, you know what I'm saying, to tell my homeboys. Like, I told y'all niggas, like, you know, I'm the man, nigga. I can, you know, I got it. Yeah. And uh, i never forget one night, me and my homeboy, man, we had met these chicks. You know, we go over there, we do our little razzle-dazzle. But during that night, you know what I'm saying, my wife now, you know what I'm saying, she kept him my phone, him my phone. So I'm ignoring it. <clears throat> so uh, next morning, you know, my homeboy get up. We get ready to leave. So we ride now. And um, I look, I had like eight missed calls from her. So uh, I hit her back. I'm like, what's up? I'm like, nah. So I shot her some bullshit. I was like, yeah, my tires went flat, my phone dead, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> she was like, look, <laughs> she was like, look, I don't know what type of chicks you used to. That's not me. So if you, you trying to fuck with me, like, you need to get your shit together. If not, you know what I'm saying, go on and do what you do. You know what I'm saying, no love lost. That was the first time a female had ever really checked me on some shit. It was always, you know, before, I just kind of had my way. I just did what I did, you know what I mean? And I, I really didn't care about no repercussion. I was just out there. But for some reason, when she said that shit, it was just like, yo, she different. Mm-hmm. She different, you know what I'm saying? She care about herself, you know what I mean? Like, Not that the other ones didn't, but like she was different. So I started paying more attention. The more I started paying more attention, the more I became a man, to be honest with you. Uh, being with her matured me and made me become a man. And, and like I say again, what, what made me get to that point, even get to this point, was honestly... Uh, being obedient enough to sit back and just listen, to be honest with you. And once I start listening and start understanding that, you know, all the little things that I thought were beefs or spats, you know what I'm saying, when she was saying shit to me, it wasn't her trying to get on my ass to talk shit to me. It was her trying to build me up as a man. Once I understood that shit, then I was golden. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I want to ask you a question based off that, too. Um. Do you believe every man needs a woman on? <clears throat> excuse me. Every man needs a woman on his side to be successful. No, 
you know, because some people are self-sufficient like that. Mm-hmm. Some people have that drive and they can get it, you know, with or without someone. I will say it depends on what you define as success. Mm-hmm. So Declare could go on to make millions. But if I lose my wife, I lose my lose my kids. That's not success. You know and also man? lose your drive in the process. Right. I, yeah. I could care less about the brand or whatever. My success comes from family. That that's something that's that's permanent. Not so much your wife is permanent. I know that's a fucked up thing, but my kids are permanent. They can never not be my kids. The the foundation that I'm setting for them, which you know, um, I don't know nobody. You know what I'm saying? My age are really older, <clears throat> other than my grandparents, um, that have been married and, and, and stayed together in the household. Only got kids by one person. You know what I mean? And um I fought or I fight, you know, even with Declare or working my full time job to constantly have that because that to me is success. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh but like I say, again, man, it is it just depends on what an individual uh, defines as success. Um, some cats can live like that. Some women can live like that and feel like they don't need nobody. Um, I think at some time you at least, you know, even if it ain't, you know, your husband or wife, you know, you're not married to them, you need somebody uh, in your life because it, it does. I firmly believe, you know what I'm saying, somebody that cares about you has your best, uh, your best interest at heart. I think it helps you live longer. You got something to fight for. You know what I mean? But, me. Me. I always wonder that because most people feel like our uh we were talking about Damo earlier. He had a girlfriend before and I remember she had got uh they broke up and she was pregnant and he was on the phone with her and she said some shit like uh I think I was saying something in the background and she was like, Is that slim in the background talking? And he was like, Yeah. And she was like Y'all niggas so lame and childish. She was like, look at y'all, 30 years old and ain't and ain't got no wives and kids. And I told her, I was like, bruh, because she young. I told you earlier about the younger yeah. chicks. I told her, I was like, dog, at the end of the day, we don't want to have nobody as our baby mama. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Because right. I was like, you about to be somebody baby mama. Somebody crazy baby mama on top of that. And she basically told us, like, y'all life don't be nothing. She was like, especially you, Slim. She was like, you can be as goal-oriented and as driven as you want to. Your life don't be nothing if you don't have nobody to share it with. And I was like, you know, that's all a matter of opinions. Like, everybody don't want the same thing. And a lot of people don't understand that. I'm not saying I don't want to have somebody to share something with. But for a long time, I didn't. And, like, you know, I was fine. It'll change when you, you know, the older you get, the more you start, uh, I ain't gonna say it's gonna change for everybody, but yeah. for the most part, it changes. Yeah, I'm just speaking in general, though. Not even just for me, just like, not not everyone wants that. No. And, and, and a I, lot of people I, don't understand that. I think at this day of age, it's kind of, it's kind of non-existent, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? I could be wrong, you know, I'm, I've been out the market for a minute, but, yeah, I, you know, I mean, y'all get ass left and right easy, and like the girls cool with it. Like it's crazy, ain't it? Man, <laughs> nigga, boy, you know how hard I had to work. Like, bro, I remember when I was young and I was out there. I remember a chick telling me like she was like, "Man, you'll come over and get some ass from me, and not talk to me for a little while." She was like, "That ain't cool. That ain't fair to me." And I'm like, "Bro, like, what you what you want from me?" She was like, "Bro, she she kept it all real with me." She said, "She said, look." If all you want is sex from me, at least be nice about it when you get it. 
What? <laughs> That's crazy, ain't I it? I couldn't have grew up in this time because I, I probably would have had somebody would have been my baby mama. Somebody's would have been my baby mama. Yeah, multiple. Man, man, look, that's all you gonna tell me? What? Okay. She said, just be nice about her, bro. Yeah. Nah, I take that back. She couldn't have been my baby mama because I was like, yeah, just take you down through there and I'm gonna keep moving because you ain't hitting on that. I don't, I don't need you as a baby mama. But she said, she, just be nice about it, dog. Damn, like, yeah, that shit's super easy for y'all. I, I feel anyway, you know. And also, I think I think women are shying away from marriage nowadays too. Yeah, I believe that. But I also, you, you might disagree. I also think that's a good thing, but a bad thing. And the reason why I say it's a good thing is because I said this on the podcast I did last night. Marriage is a cultural thing, and like on top of us shying away from marriage, I think is the main reason is because we're shying away from religion too as a generation. So with that mm-hmm. comes shying away from marriage because we're trying to be more progressive and we're shying away from being like, you know, um, I don't want to say modern, but, you know, just just old fashioned type stuff. But the reason why I say it's a bad thing is because you got to have some kind of structure in your life, at least some kind of structure. Like we all can't run around here and be rebels. Man. I'll say couple things there's no right and wrong in anything that you do okay whether you choose to go left right up down whatever there's no right and wrong if the goal is to if your goal is to go left you know what i'm saying <clears throat> i'm sorry your goal is to get rich or whatever mm-hmm. but you got to go left i got the same goal i go right your side may be you know what i'm saying super easy to go through mind me you know be some bumps in the road but if both of us end up at the same road, we'll be rich in the end. Was it right? Was it wrong? It was just my path. That was yeah. just your path. Um, I feel like that progression that you talked about, that comes with marriage. You know what I'm saying? Not saying you have to be married to get that, but I'm saying if your marriage is working, both individuals are working toward, you know what I'm saying, a better life or, or whatever case may be, progression comes from that. Um but you you definitely don't have to be married to to progress and do anything. But you know, a successful one, I, I think the progression does come with it. You know, but I don't know, man. I I think I do. I feel what you're saying about you know it's a good or a bad thing. I feel like for w- women, it's a good thing to a certain extent. I guess a a, a time span. Ladies, please don't chop me down for this, but. How many women do you know get caught up in a nigga not being shit and they fuck around with him and not be shit, fuck around with a not shit nigga? I see it all the time. All right, so if that young lady can focus her attention on whatever she's trying to do and not that ain't shit nigga, you know what I'm saying, she going to be straight. Same thing for a male sometimes. I mean, you see it in more cases, I think, with women do you be, than you do with men. But, you know, I think... Um, a certain span, if they can allow themselves to just focus on whatever they're trying to get, you know what I'm saying, it's cool. Maybe they'll dub it back later on, you know what I'm saying, and then try to do the family thing or whatever. But, you know, it, like I say, there's no right and wrong way of doing it. Um, I just, right now, I just, they winning. They winning. If, if I was you, you know what I'm saying, and, <laughs> you know, you are into uh, wanting to get married and have a family or whatnot, like to have a woman, especially I feel like a, a 
strong black woman right now. Like they win in in every aspect of life, in it, education, uh, entrepreneurship, working somebody's job, money wise. Like they got their shit together. I agree like, completely. Like I ain't gonna lie. And, and but to be honest with you, man, a lot of them that had their shit together. I feel like a lot of guys be intimidated by how they have their shit together, so they don't uh, try to approach them or give them a chance. A lot of them don't even care about you having shit lined up the way that they do. As long as you have a plan and you're working towards something, you'd be surprised, you know what I'm saying, what a woman will do for you. Because uh, I firmly believe a woman does multiply whatever you give them. The right woman does. You know what I'm saying? The wrong woman, fuck that shit up. But By uh, multiply what you give them, you mean like a, a, a Gucci and Keisha situation? Facts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I kind of don't believe that story though. Uh, I don't know the full story. I'm talking about with, with him leaving her some bread and she yeah, taking it, in. and she flipped uh, it, and when he got out, he had she had X amount of money. I don't know. Um, I can't speak on their situation per se. I I can speak on mine. I can speak on some people that I I feel like you know what I'm saying I know, and um, even some women that ain't uh, necessarily married. You know what I'm saying? Some of my homegirls that just was messing with dudes, they, they've always just seen, excuse me, it always seemed like they tried to enhance the guy. You know what I'm saying? And whatever they had. I mean, I feel like a woman by, you know, what's the cliche thing? They nurturers or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so they yeah. always trying to take care of you and give you shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Keisha really did that for Gucci, but I completely agree with you. Um, and I'm gonna talk about this. This podcast is gonna come out after, so I can talk about this. I think it's I think it's a lot harder for women to find men than for a man to find a woman. I'm a firm believer in that too. Basically, based off the, the say that one more time. I said it's harder for a woman to find a man than a man to find a woman, because the same situation I told you. Like I know so many trash ass niggas, but like most women I come encounter with on a regular. A lot of them got their shit together. So if you think about it, like, it's hard for them to find, like, out of 10 men, it's like two of them going to be all right. But us, like, out of 10 women, like, five going to be straight. Yeah. But maybe that's just for me being a man. That's my point of view. No, I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I feel like, too, and, and it's some cliche shit again, like, if a woman knows her worth, just as well as a man knows his worth, too. Mm-hmm. If a woman knows her worth, she can kind of skip over the, you know, the bunch of ain't shit niggas and at least find one nigga, you know what I'm saying, excuse me, young man, that um is wanting a better life for himself. Like, <sighs> every cat ain't going to have, you, you, you have to learn that you have to teach somebody how to treat you. For mm-hmm. one, you know what I'm saying? If you if you get somebody in your life, I feel like that you want to uh, invest in like that. Understand, like, it ain't just you getting together and everything is cool. You know, your test and seeing whether or not you're going to stay there is in those arguments. It's in them hard times or whatnot. Um, you got to learn how to argue. You got to learn how to fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got to learn how to make up. Um I don't know, but I, I really think the woman has to, she got to know what she's going for. Like, you can have, a, 
women have all their shit together, but do the dumbest shit behind the ain't shit nigga. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. It's like having book sense and no street smarts at all. It it don't even out. It don't balance out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, if they could just find one guy that is, you know, remotely interested in in their well being or whatnot, and teach that that guy how to treat them, how to love them, so on and so forth. And the same thing for a male. You know, they'll be straight. Women gonna always. I feel like uh, outnumber us. You know what I'm saying? We always gonna have you know plenty of pickings out here, but you know, it ain't it ain't hard. I don't think it ain't too too hard for a woman to find a good man. You just you know where you looking, where you going, what you, how you going about it. If you, you know, going to the club on Friday nights, that might not be the move. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the niggas that you know what I'm saying they overlook being the niggas later on in life that they probably should have stuck out with. I mean, classic case. I mean. I mean, I mean, again, how many have you seen them, you know, the nigga that wasn't in the in crowd or wasn't doing this, then the third at the time when everybody was young, females, especially the ones we think bad, they typically push you to the side. Mm-hmm. Later on, you know, we come back, you got a little something going for yourself, even if you're just working a nine to five job, but you're keeping yourself up or whatnot, you paying your bills, now they're looking at you like, you haven't sent Nah, bitch, I was just like, excuse me, friend. <laughs> nah, you good. Just, we can cuss on him. <laughs> I just been goddamn doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As an individual. Nah, you know what I'm saying? But by that time, a nigga ain't trying to fuck with you. You know, <laughs> you don't burn your bridge. I seen a meme online. It was it, it was an old picture of Pinky on the left side. And it was like your high school crush. And it was a picture of her now on the right. And it was like, what's she look like now? It's like one of the big blocks you were shooting in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how it be, bro. And like... It's just crazy how a couple years will mature you and you'll finally see, like, dang, I messed up. I was an ancient nigga, too. Cause, yeah. Because when they was coming back like that, I was busting their ass down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bitch. Remember when you want to got that? Uh-huh. Take that. Get that hand. Get the fuck on. So, bro, like, how'd you know your wife was the one, though? Um, She... She was the only one that could really make me, like I say, um, hone in and pay attention to her words and what she was saying. I can honestly say I had better women, thicker, light skin. Y'all light skinned women are devil anyway, but um <laughs> all that man, like all this shit that I I think you would, you know, wanting a woman with begin thick, light skin, long hair, and all that shit. Had that, but None of them had their shit together to a point to where none of them, none of them ever did anything or showed me anything that made me think they would uh, help me be a better man. When we were talking about it earlier about being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. she made me feel so uncomfortable, of uncomfortable about where I was and what I was doing. Not to a point to, like I said, what she was trying to uh, demean me or, or downplay me, but like, you could do better. Like, I see it in you. You know what I'm saying? You got it. You just don't see it in yourself. And um, it was crazy. Like, she saw through some shit that, um, some shit that I tried to suppress for years. Um, typical shit, I feel like, you know, I, I don't know, but me in school or whatnot, like, unless I was playing basketball, um, I, I tried to hide. 
I tried to hide. I, I, I was never in the in crowd and nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I dealt with a lot of uh, self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wouldn't let me hide behind a lot of that stuff. She'd be like, you know what I'm saying? I, I see a whole lot of greatness in you. Like, it, it sounds like some bullshit. Shit you'll see on an Instagram post, you know? Um, you know, I see this in you, King, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Man, <laughs> if a woman is really speaking that shit to you and really, really meaning that shit, bro, that shit to change your life. I'm not going to lie to you. I know I know exactly what you mean, dog. I done had those type talks before. It, um, and you're right. It is very uplifting. It's scary to a certain point. Like, you have to... Like, I used to be like, yo, why are you fucking with me like that? Like, don't, don't play no mind games with me. You know what I'm saying? It, it, like, I don't like no yes man shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't, don't, don't do that because you fucking with me and, and you like me like that. You know what I'm saying? It's also because we don't really know how to take compliments that well. And we don't see worth in ourselves. Yeah, correct. Like I say again, you always hear the thing about a woman knowing her worth. I feel like a lot of brothers honestly do not know their worth. They do not. When you can start seeing the, the worth in yourself, not in a cocky way to where you're, you know what I'm saying, an asshole, but when you start seeing the worth in yourself, how you move, who you fuck with, who you associate with, changes. It changes. So uh, she did that. And when she started doing that, man, I just was like, yo, it still took me a minute. I'm not going to lie. It still <laughs> took me a minute to get that dog about me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But that, that's, that's what made me turn over a new leaf and leave it alone. So, you know, yeah, I, I have fun flirting. I ain't once in a while. And, you know, I know some of y'all are looking at me, it's cheating. Man, fuck y'all, whatever. Everybody want to know, you know what I'm saying, when you when you in a relationship, married or not. Everybody want to know whether or not you still got it. So if I happen to go out somewhere and a female happens to say something or whatnot, yeah, I'm a kiki and kaka and all that shit, but that's it. That's I it. seen I seen Waka Flocka online one time and he was talking about, I think he had got caught cheating or something. I don't know what show they was on because I don't watch reality TV, but he had got caught cheating. And she basically was asking him, like, I want to know why you did it. And he was like, man... Every man just want to know if he still got it. He was like, you know, I just was kicking it with the with the homies. Like, you know, I still, you know, I got to find out if I still can, you know, if I still can do that. Yeah, you, you got to know when to, when to fuck with it and when not to, man. Like, you know, uh, it ain't some real shit. It's just, it's just me, I guess, and being older. Yeah. Like, even before I got serious in my mind, serious with my wife. Or she was me, my fiance, anything like that. Like, have you have you gotten to this point in your life where you've been fucking with a bunch of women or whatever the case may be, but your mindset is changing from what you want, your goals and and all that, or or you're in a you're in a mind state where you're messing with with uh, a lot of chicks, but you know it's it's one particular woman that it's definitely the woman that's that's probably for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been there before. All right, so. You go off, you still doing your thing, you still in your little dog era. And you hit a bitch. She could be the baddest. You know what I'm saying? And as soon as you bust, you like, damn, I hate you. Like, why you made me do this? Like, you I know think what I'm I think that was ninety eight point five percent of the time for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, Straight up, bro. But it it's it's been like I definitely experienced that a couple of times. Like, 
I think that comes with age too, because like I talk to people about this. I remember being 15 years old, 14, 15, 16, and my sex drive was crazy. Like every day I woke right, up, so, I mean. I'm 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 waking up, I'm jacking off. <laughs> I'm skipping school for lunch. I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm getting home from school. I'm jacking off again. Boy, I'm sneaking out at night. I'm fucking again. You know what I'm saying? I remember my sex drive being crazy. <laughs> then I hit like 21, and I think it started to slow down just a tad bit. But it still was high. But it just it slowed down a tad bit. I started hitting 25, and I became real goal-oriented and, you know, start having some things to do. And I Damn. was done. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up. Mine was the opposite. Mine was the opposite. When I was 15, shit, even in middle school and high school, like, yeah, I wanted a girlfriend just because I saw other people doing it. But, like, sex, I didn't have sex in, like, high school. Yeah. Like that. I was wild, though, so I don't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I done heard a couple of things on the cast, you know. Yeah, in, I was a little gym, wild, bro. Trash cans and shit, so, yeah, you was a wild boy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I was wild as hell. For me, once I got out of um high school, Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> you start going in. Man, look, like, bruh. Boy, I hold the right people on kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I know just what nah. I said. I hope the right people don't see this. Got this. It's just part of life, bruh. Yeah. I think yeah. I think we go through them phases, but you know, we all just grow and we figure out what's important. To be in the backup uh Question that you asked me about, you know, how you knowing, um, you know, when you find the right one and stuff like that. I think you have to have, and hopefully you get it earlier in your life than you do later. You got to have that one person that drag your ass through the mud. Mm. You got to. That person that drag your ass through the mud, that's the motherfucker that teach you so much about the opposite sex. That's the person that teaches you, not not that they're actually telling you, but in a way because of the shit you're going through or whatnot, which you're going to have to try to come up out of, it's going to teach you how to be comfortable with being yourself. It's going to teach you how to be comfortable with being by yourself. It's going to teach you how to move and, and, and act when you, um, when you do decide to mess with somebody else or whatnot. But I think more importantly, not get lost in, in the relationship so much that you forget who you are because it can easily happen, you know, especially when, you know, you're not really that experienced in relationships or whatnot, you know. Um, so, yeah, once you, once you get that person to drag your ass through the mud, boy, like. I think that's what my problem is. I ain't never got my heart broken before. Hopefully it don't happen later on, you know what I'm saying? It might be a rare case, you know what I'm saying? He said, you was a wild boy, so, you know. I had a girlfriend before that cheated on me and I ain't give a fuck. But when I was young, I was heartless as hell, bro. I, I didn't care about nothing but money when I was young. Yeah, I did the same thing. I didn't give a damn about it. What you did? I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, fuck it. So, my girl, at the time, she knows she is. And we can laugh about this shit now. It was this club off Tobacco Road uh, called Super Seeds. I remember that. Super Jump. All right. So, at the time, you know what I'm saying, chick that I was dating, like, I felt like I had the baddest girl in Augusta. Yeah. But I was the lamest nigga in Augusta. <laughs> so, I had no business with her. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, 
God saw it and, you know, so so be it. But I felt like a lot of niggas was looking like, man, this nigga, you know what I'm saying? He got it, you know. So I do everything to keep her ass out of the club. But she was one of them chicks, you know, she get with a homegirl. They was young, but still getting into a club, 21, shit I couldn't go to and all type of shit like that. But I just remember this one particular night, she went out to Super C's. I begged her ass, man, don't take your ass out there. She went anyway. Like, all right. So she went with her homegirls. So my plan was to go in the club and snatch her ass up out of the club. Yeah. On some wild shit, for real. And uh, I was like, nah, man, can't do that, can't do that. We got them, what is it, like the little fish mark? The little plaza right across the street from... um. Yeah, I know you're talking about. So I went over there. <laughs> I went to a car. You know what I'm saying? I was young. You know what I'm saying? No judgment. I went to a car. I tried to flat a goddamn tire. <laughs> <laughs> In hopes that it was gonna bring her ass out the club. Yeah. But uh, my dumb ass, you know how you see the, used to see the movies and goddamn, they try to hit the time the bitch bust. That yeah. shit don't work. Fuck around, and break your goddamn wrist. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, so then I'm, I'm pushing the little needle in the in the goddamn inner tube. I'm like, man, this shit gonna take forever to go flat. Fuck yeah, that shit. Yeah. So I go up to the door. You know, I knew the little uh, chick at the window. I was letting people in. So I, I um. Went up there and hollered. I was like, yo, go tell the DJ to tell blah, blah, blah. Call out her whole goddamn name to come outside. <laughs> so my homegirl, when they did it, the DJ stopped the music and said that shit over the goddamn speakers. From the air ride. Yo, she embarrassed. Came out there, ran and shit. That shit went by the car. Get your ass on that. <laughs> That's crazy shit. That's, yeah. I think, yeah. I think I did something similar. I was messing with this little Puerto Rican girl at the time. And it was one of them situations where, like, I really wanted to be with this girl. And she didn't want to be with me because she felt like I was so immature. But on top of that, like, when I started getting my stuff together, she was real envious towards me. Like, we went to school together and I made better grades than her. Like, you know, I started saving my money and I got a car, um, uh, the car that I wanted. And she was like, oh, now nah, your old car suited you better. And she was one of them type chicks. Well, one day she comes to my crib, and I'm going to just tell the true story. So, first what happened, I used to have this box Chevy. Well, I still got the box Chevy. But I had just got a bottle from the store. I forgot what it was. It was something stupid, like some Grey Goose. They had Grey Goose on sale for like $25 or something. So, I put the bottle on the trunk, and um, it was kind of foggy outside. So, when I put the bottle on the trunk, it slid down the trunk and, and... Crashed on the ground. I'm sad. It was a brand new bottle. I ain't even opened it yet. Went back to the liquor store, got another bottle. So now I'm mad because I went and got another bottle. Right. Then my mom had just went to Afghanistan. So I was on the phone with her and I was just drinking, talking to my homeboy. And I was like, this is like my first time being away from my mom, like ever. And I was just talking to my homeboy. I was like, man, I kind of miss my mama, dog. And he was like, yeah, I know, bro. He was like, shoot, she'll be back, though. I was like, yeah. So then Shawty pulls up like right after this. And she got on this nice red dress, and my favorite color red. And she got on these tall red heels, hair done all nice, looking good. Bruh, I don't know what happened to me, dog. I'm talking about I'm drunk, I'm having a bad night. And I was like, where you about to go? And she was like, I ain't about to go nowhere. I just came over here to see you. I said, dress like that? For what? I just started snapping for no reason, bruh. What you doing? 
<laughs> bro, I started snapping for no reason, bro. And she was like, she was like, nah, I'm about to go out for a little while, but I'm coming right back. And I was like, no, I ain't fucking with you no more. I can't stand you. You know what I'm saying? I'm tripping, bro. But Man. that was just a moment, bro. I normally don't do stuff like that, but I don't know what was wrong with me, dog. Man, look. I look back on that situation and the shit that I did, like, man, nigga, you was on some simp shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I those moments, like, now, it help you remember, yeah, like, don't do that look, shit again. Hell no, nah. look. I mean, that shit, I'm like, now, my wife be like, man, I can go out here and mess with whoever, do whatever, your ass won't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. For real? I mean, I'm like, this is thing. it true, though? It's true. To a certain, like, don't get me wrong. Shit gonna bother me, she gonna fuck with me. At the end of the day, I still got to get my ass up and go to work. Okay, okay. I still okay. got t- kids to take care of. I still got goals See, and shit. I'm with like, that. Like, man, shit gonna happen, bro. Shit gonna happen. You gonna have to make a decision when that shit happen. Either you gonna fuck with it or you gonna be without it. And to be honest with you, man, goddamn, I don't broke up with people. People don't broke up with me. Like, life goes on, man. That damn, the time, what y'all done done. Like, I don't give a fuck. She done gave you the best head in the world, nigga. You done beat her gut. She ain't like, that shit don't mean nothing. At the end of the day, they going to do what they want to do. I'm with you on so that. So, once, once they do it, man, you go ahead and make your decision, goddamn. You going to take that shit on the chin and keep it moving? Or goddamn, you going to fall off? Damn, I done fell off. I done been to that point. One time in my life, like I said, with that same individual, when, when, because <laughs> she was smart. She did the right thing. She left my ass. Yeah, but um, I allowed that shit to 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 fuck me up so bad, man. Like nigga, I wasn't making no money. I ain't had no goal. I wasn't doing shit. I wasn't doing nothing. I'd be goddamn if I ever get back to that. Nah. So yeah, I love you, but I love you enough not to. You know what I'm saying? Fuck over myself. If you go fuck with another nigga, do what you do. Goddamn, evidently you want to do it for a reason. Now you finna beat your ass for what? So I can get locked up. I have to pay some money out of well, I'm gonna laugh at your ass. I want to do what you do. I'm going to be straight. You know what I mean? So, Ain't it crazy what some uh, time and growth will do for you? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel, too. But a lot of people say, nah, you just ain't got your heart broken yet. Uh, it'll happen, though. And you'll, nah, bro. Like I'll never go out bad over, over nothing like that. You already like how you are right now. I feel like, you know what I'm saying, if you understand some of it, so you probably ain't going to never go through it. Wish I had it like that, but you know, it is what it is. I'm good on now. I'm um comfortable in my situation, but yeah. Um, what's the overall goal for the uh, clothing brand before we get out of here? So the overall goal, man, declare first of all, <clears throat> the meaning is is for. I'm trying to empower people to understand that if they declare something or put something in the atmosphere, or speak it into existence, it will come about. So if you say you're gonna be the best podcasting ever in Augusta or in the world, you know what I'm saying? If you speak that and put it in the atmosphere and really believe that wholeheartedly, it's going to happen. If I say I'm going to be the best designer or whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? And I want to get the message through that, you know what I'm saying? Declare for one, it's not suited for just any um, one particular person, race, gender, or whatever case may be. No matter your beliefs, your sexual preference, or whatever case may be, anybody can declare something and, and like I say, wholeheartedly believe it and speak it into existence. Um, my take with the brand was that, <clears throat> like I said before, I worked at all the retail store. Man, I've worked every goddamn way in Augusta Mall before I left here. 
Mm. But um, even when I went to North Carolina, I was working every damn store, even Charlotte Roos. But yeah. um, so I would see these kids always come in and they were paying thirty and forty dollars for t shirts that had like weed all over them or socks and shit like that. The music was always some fucked up shit. Um, and the older I got, the more I started paying attention to things that were going on around me. Like I can't remember exactly what took place in Maryland. They had something happening. I think while the bombing I think it was, was it the last bombing that took place I it was uh the uh, marathon bombing right I don't want to lie that's what you're talking it, about it, it was something and, and a riot damn near almost started again oh I don't know and that's I know the, and I know um, and I know it had happened in history at one time before you know what I'm saying but anyway during that time it was a real fucked up sad time you know what I'm saying I, I'll never forget I was working in And um, fuck it. But um, they were playing like all the crunk shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling them, oh, I said crunk. They, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, they, I still say oh, crunk too. Oh, okay. <laughs> all the hype shit. You know what I'm saying? Just all the hood shit. They were still playing that in the store. And if like I don't know about in Augusta Mall, but in in North Carolina, like the goal was always to have the music pumping like the fucking club. So we would literally have people in the store like. Just in that bitch like it's club, listen to music. No bullshit. But the day was so fucked up for black people in general. You know what I'm saying? DTLR got a radio station mm-hmm. that you can call in. It's live. So you can call and request. So I called them up. I was like, yo, can y'all dump some of this shit down? Replace some shit with some substance. You know what I'm saying? Because of what's going on. And they straight up told me, like, we would love to, but you know what I'm saying? That shit don't make money. It don't mm. bring nobody in. And that shit really hurt me, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn. If you think about the people who own these companies, you know what I'm saying, like DTLR, Foot Locker, and stuff like that, they don't look like me and you. That's true. And, and no disrespect to any of them, but when I thought about it, I was like, shit, do they really care about us or our well-being? Hell no, nah, but they care about your dollar. You know what I'm saying? So they don't give a fuck about what's going on. They, they just want their bread in there. So right then, I kind of had it in my mind. Oh, plus... Try to wrap it up real quick. Um, oh no, you good? Take my, your time. My wife, my wife would never let my daughter come in the store. I never knew why. So I'm like, yo, me and her got into a real bad. I'm like, yo, when I get up and go to work in the morning, she's already gone for school. When I get off at night, she in the bed. I'm working retail as a manager, so I'm never home on the weekends. I'm in the store all the time. Like, let her come up here, you know what I'm saying, on, on the weekend or something like that. We stay five minutes away from the mall. Let her come up and eat lunch with me or something like that, you know what I'm saying? She's like, nah, nah, nah. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. So she finally told me why, and it was because of the music. It was because of some of the graphics and shit like that, how they displayed women or displayed, you know, drugs on the clothing and whatnot. How some of the employees were dressed. How some of the customers would come in dressed. And I never, ever, ever... Paid attention, like I saw it, but it was so normal to me. You know what I'm saying? It never dawned on me that your young daughter is walking into a place, seeing you in this atmosphere, and she could start to think that this is normal or this is how it's supposed to be. So when she put that on my mind, I was like, fuck. Okay, I got to do something different. Not only do I got to do something different with where I'm working and what I'm doing, I have to do something different to change 
I would say the youth or our people's mm-hmm. mindset on, on their clothing or again going back to showing them their worth. I don't rap, I don't sing, you know what I'm saying? I ain't I ain't no professional athlete, but I love clothing. Now I didn't know that I was going to start designing clothes or whatnot, but I knew I wanted to do something with clothing. So even like I said, when I started Declare in two thousand fourteen and that was just the name of of the uh store online, it was still a point, it was still always, you know what I'm saying, my goal to make sure that people understood what Declare meant. But I felt like once I got into designing and with the name of the uh, brand or whatnot, <clears throat> the only way for me to grab the youth attention was through clothing. Because I feel like if it's not music, uh, sports, or clothing, I don't give a damn how good, you know, the shit that you're talking about sounds. If it don't catch their attention, you know what I'm saying, they ain't something they interested in, you're wasting your breath. So yeah. I felt like I was like, well, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, I can reach them through clothing, you know what I'm saying, since I still keep up with that. So that was the whole goal, you know what I'm saying? Uh, kind of giving out a message about, you know, speaking things into existence. But at the same time, still giving you something dope to wear. Like, that don't mean I got to dumb down on a quality of somehow, of something, you know, how it looks or whatnot. You're going to spend, like, the people that know, if you know what it costs to them print on a fucking t-shirt, you know what I'm saying? Everything about this production versus what they're charging you in the store or whatnot, like, that shit would piss you off. Like, it's hard for me to go in the mall and buy anything right now. I can go in there and buy some shoes, but I can't buy it. Like, I have a hard time buying socks out of this. You know what I'm saying? Just because I know how much it, it really costs, you know what I'm saying, to make this stuff. So, um, so I follow this YouTuber that uh, screen prints shirts. His name, it starts with a K. It's like Ken, Ken, Kenya or something like that. Kenya, I think. And, um... He basically shows you how to screen print shirts and like he goes on Amazon and he gets nah he goes to Lowe's first and he gets one of these little rectangle joints and then I think he spends like two dollars on wood and then he gets like the uh the the whatchamacallit from Amazon for like thirty dollars a gallon. And I'm I'm sitting there, I'm like, dog, a t shirt only only costs like five dollars to make at most. If, if and they that, selling them for forty dollars. Look, if if you don't know That was my only problem with Nipsey Hustle shirts too, bro. Like R.I.P. the Nip, but mm-hmm. those shirts was pretty hot out. See, I, I wanted a Nip shirt. I never ordered one, and those I never seen one high, in person. Bro. They high. Was it good quality though? Yeah, it was great quality. But I mean, like, I know the shirt that I really wanted was like seventy some dollars. If it's good quality, now I'm I'm this type too now. If the shit is good quality, I'm cheap though, so you know, I, I look at it like this: you only live once. You know what I'm saying? And I'd be damned for me to get up and bust my ass every day on a job and act yeah, like I can't spend money on something. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm going to be... Things that you want. I'm going to just go out here and just ball out every time. Now, priority's going to be straight. But if I really want something, fuck that. Yeah, I feel you. Let's get it. So, um, yeah, all in all, the message was just to uh, empower people uh, with a message, uh, but also give them something dope to wear. Uh, another kind of fun fact, like... Uh, when I was working at Vogel, I used to uh, go out and I would write declare on everything. So, of course, my name is Carl. My wife's name is Danielle, but we call her Didi for short. So one day I was writing um, declare down, and I scrambled up the letters and was just, you know, kind of zigzagging, looking at the shit. And I noticed that when I took the D 
the D E E out of declare. I had Carl there. The rest of it was D E E D. So it was you know Carl Danielle D D or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's the name. So it made me stick with it or whatever. Oh yeah, some yeah. meaning behind it then. Yeah yeah yeah. That was kind of a plus. I didn't I definitely didn't mean for that to happen, but um, there's definitely a meaning behind it. So. You know, hopefully, man, the city take to it, man, and um, I hope they see, you know, what I'm trying to do and the quality in it, and you know, they rock with me or whatever. Yeah, um, the people I showed it to definitely rock with it. Yeah, thank you, man. That 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 means more than anything, more than a dollar. Yeah, anything else, man. Just you know, so um, go ahead and plug your information and tell them where they can copy that though. Well, you can copy by right now. I want everybody to more or less reach out to me through a DM, um, on my IG. At declare dot today, um, we do have a website. I have it hidden right now. Um, the reason I have it hidden, especially for people in Augusta, I want to have an experience with everyone that comes shop with me. You okay. know what I mean? I want to bring them in. I want to show you what it's like to have one on one customer service just for you. So in our store, which is called Enclave Twenty Twenty, which you know later on, if you follow me, you'll start seeing us uh, really displaying that. In the store, we only allow one or two people in the store at a time. Reason being, it's a small space, and again, you want to give me an experience. So I don't, I don't want you in there shopping with a bunch of people. I want to, you know, you come in there slim. I want to cater to you. What you like, your size, how some fit. You might not be comfortable with wearing a certain thing, and everybody in the store or whatnot. You trying different sizes of style like that. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So we bring them in, get comfortable with them, find out the do's and don'ts. You know what they like or what they don't like. You know, boom, give them what they need, let them slide, bring the next person in. Once we feel like it's it's really uh made a name for itself or it's really caught on in the city or whatnot, we'll expand, you know, get bigger and, and um, you know, do things like that where you can actually just walk in the store and grab what you want. But we'll always keep that uh keep it personal. We'll always keep it personal, but the spot that we have now, mm -hmm. because it's so unique and one of a kind. We'll always keep that open. So if anybody ever wants to come and just have that one-on-one -on -one shopping experience or whatnot, we'll still have that because our office is down there anyway. And then, you know, like I said, everything jump off like supposed to. When we expand, you know, anybody else is just trying to walk in and do what they do. They can go do it at the other store. So, but yeah, man, reach me right now and um, on IG at Declare Today. Um, send me a message. Say something on anything I post. I don't post a lot. I'm, I'm trying to get used to that. But, uh, <laughs> it takes some getting used yeah. to. Trust me. I know. I went hand with this last stuff, just trying to post stuff, just trying to stay relevant or whatnot. But um, I don't post a lot until I'm, I'm making something. But when I do, you know, definitely reach out to me. Um, you know, shoot me a message. And, uh, you know, come out and holler at me. Yeah. Much success, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate um, another episode of Sit Down with Slim. We out.